Lecture topic: Protecting children's beliefs in school. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال تعالى وذكر فان الذكرات فعل المؤمنين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الكيس من دان نفسه وعمل لما بعد الموت والعاجز من اتبع نفسه هواها وتمنى على الله او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected mothers and sisters this is merely a muzakara a reminder for myself and for one and all we are constantly in need of this reminder This reminder Allah Ta'ala in the Qur'an Sharif declares that this reminder is very beneficial for the believers. وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And remind, for verily the reminder is beneficial for the believers. And in the Arabic language, the word ذَكِّرْ is a specific form of verb. It's the amr, the imperative word. Now this is a technical aspect But in Arabic, this amr, this imperative verb, it comes from the what is known as the mubari. There's no need to bother about all the technicalities. But what meaning comes in there is that this mubari has the present and future tense in it. So the same applies in that amr. Allah Taala is giving the command with a kill meaning now and keep on in the future. Keep on reminding. It's not a case of reminding once. and done this is a need that we have forever as long as we have life we need reminders and these reminders the Quran Sharif is saying is beneficial for the believers so we should have this niyat in speaking in listening that this is a reminder for me for the speaker for the listener and Allah Ta'ala has declared that this reminder is beneficial so I must make the niyat for that benefit to acquire that benefit then inshallah with the barakat of this niyat that we are listening to a talk of deen so that we may benefit from it and this benefit would then translate into action would translate into our hearts and minds becoming more focused towards Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala then inshallah with the barakat of this niyat Allah ta'ala will grant this to us the first thing that we have to keep reminding ourselves is that we are the complete slaves of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala Allah ta'ala has created us Allah alone is our creator Allah ta'ala alone is sustaining us there is nobody that is in any way able to sustain himself it's only Allah ta'ala's grace and mercy if a person sometimes thinks that well I did or I can do So what made you feel like that, that you can do, or you did something? Well, I used my mind to work out this, how this whole big thing should happen, and this project should take place, and this investment should happen, or whatever other achievements that I think I acquired. So I applied my mind, and I worked hard at it, and I did this and that and the other. So then just first reflect that that mind where it came from. Who blessed you with that mind? and that mind is there who made it possible to apply that mind correctly how many a person has that physical uh, mind but the person is unable to think correctly the person is sitting in a madhouse in an asylum somewhere Allah Ta'ala out of his grace and mercy has enabled us to do whatever is done so there is no achievement of ours at all it's purely the grace and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala so Allah Ta'ala alone has created us he is the creator of the entire universe and he has created us in this universe as well and Allah Ta'ala has placed us here for a very short time Allah Ta'ala has created us for what? in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala has spelled that out 
explanation of this has Abdullah bin Abbas he says liya'budun means liya'rifun so that they may recognize me so this recognition of Allah Ta'ala is the fundamental aspect that Allah Ta'ala has created us for now if a person has recognized many things in dunya but didn't recognize Allah Ta'ala that this life in dunya is very short one day we have to leave Every day people are leaving, how many people we knew very well, how many people were close to us, how many people were as if they would live for another 50 years and suddenly they were gone and they are no more around. We are now here, we are remembering that yes, so and so was there, he was around, that person was talking and laughing and joking and this person was flying and that person was doing this and that person had a 20 year plan and various other issues. But where are they now? They are in their qabr. Our turn, we have no idea how, how close, when we would have to suddenly leave. So we are here for a very very short time. And in this short time, we did not recognize Allah wa ta'ala. The real life is to still come. Allah ta'ala says that the abode of the hereafter, that is the real life. The life in the abode of the hereafter. That is the everlasting life. Now in the short life of dunya, we fail to recognize Allah Ta'ala. We are jeopardizing the everlasting life. Many a times a parent would have cautioned the child, reprimanded the child, that you are wasting your time because it's now exam time. And you are wasting your time playing around. You are wasting your time in other things, in idle things. And as a result, when the time comes to now write the exams, you are going to fail. So you cannot afford to do this. So you are going to leave all your fun and games around aside. You have to leave all your roaming around aside. Whatever other invitations of friends and whatever else comes in the way, all this has to be put aside because right now you are in exam time. And you have to work hard. You have to work hard for these exams. And yes, once you have worked hard now, you made some sacrifices you avoided going to play around, you avoided wasting your time in idle things, and then you pass the exams, then you'll see the benefits. Then the doorways will open for you. Now that metric pass you got, and you got the certificate, then the doorways of something else will open for you, and then from there something else will open, and then you'll get this and that and the other, and you'll be able to enjoy the good things of life, and all those things we will tell our children. So we understand that there are certain times that are not times for play and games and fun and excitement when that is going to jeopardize the future. Yes, that child too will eat, he will drink, he will also sleep, he will rest and the parents will try to pamper him sometimes a little bit, give him something better to eat because now he is working so hard, he is working in exam mode and they will try to cheer him up sometimes but they won't want to compromise on the, how the time is spent. They won't want to compromise on him working hard. They will cheer him up, they will pacify him, they will even pamper him. But yes, you have to still work hard. There is no compromise on that. Why? Because you have to pass the exams. So we have understood for the passing of that exams that sacrifices have to be made, that the restrictions have to be abided by, that now the exam itself comes about. So now the child, the student, he is sitting for the exam and during that three hours, two and a half hours, three hours that he's going to be writing the paper now, there are so many restrictions that he has to abide by. He's in the examination hall and he cannot now do what he wants. He decides that I want to start eating. Tell him, sorry, you cannot eat now. He says, but this is my halal food. This chicken I slaughtered with my own hand. And I read Bismillah also. If you want, you can test my tajweed, how well I read. He said, but you can read Bismillah with tajweed also. But you are not allowed to eat this, it's halal, very good. But after you finish the exam, then you can eat it. But now you are not allowed to eat in the examination hall. So he understands, if a person realizes that this is an examination hall, he, nobody even comes to put such a request, I want to eat now. He wants to start walking and talking. You see, by you walk and talk, you will fail. Now you sit in your place, 
and you write the paper without talking to anybody. He says, but is it haram to talk to somebody? Is it haram to find out how the person is feeling? He says, but that's not the question now, whether it is haram or not haram. We are not saying that it is haram to talk to anybody, but now you will have to keep quiet. So any sensible person will understand that these are the rules of the exam, and in the exam hall he won't eat, he won't talk, he won't walk around, he won't be looking into anything else, he'll only be looking into the paper of his, he won't be doing anything, though he's hungry, he's tired, it's a place maybe, it's hot, it's a hot day, there isn't any air conditioning in there, perhaps no fans, he's perspiring, but he is sitting there quietly, and he knows he cannot leave his place until the time is up. So he makes all these sacrifices, the parents pep him up beforehand, make sure you don't do anything that will jeopardize the future. So we all understand that in order to secure the future, what we call securing the future, there are sacrifices to be made, there are things to be abided by, there are restrictions to be abided by. This dunya, we have all been placed into this examination hall of this dunya, for this very limited time. Compared to the akhirat, if a person has a life of hundred years also in this world, it is not even a drop in the ocean compared to the everlasting akhirat. Not even a drop in the ocean. Forget any fraction that can be put to it. That it is 0.001%. There is no fraction we can put to it. Because this life, if it is 100 years, it is 200 years also. It is still a very uh, minimal amount. And compared to the akhirat which is infinite, which is everlasting. How can you compare? There is no comparison. So it is not even a drop house. I enter through the front door and I am leaving out the back door. That this whole life of 900, of 1000 years almost or more, it appeared as if it was just going through a house from one end to the other end, a small little house, because it's just like a dream person passed through it. So what is our life of 60 years and 70 years and 80 years, that too if we do make it till there? And how many we have already just helped to send them to their graves, who are far younger than us? So what guarantee we have of tomorrow, of tonight, we have no guarantee. So we are in this very short stay of this examination hall of dunya. Allah Ta'ala declares this very clearly in the Qur'an Sharif. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah Ta'ala has created this life and death. لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ The whole objective is to test you. Allah Ta'ala is testing each one of us. That who does the best of actions. So we are in this examination hall of this dunya. And like the person who wants to pass the examination, and he wants to secure his future. So he's ready to make the sacrifices. He's ready to abide by the restrictions. He's ready to work hard. And if he's not ready to work hard, his parents make him work hard. He's not very keen on abiding by the restrictions, they will make him abide by it. So everybody understands to secure that future, whereas how big is that future which we are trying to secure? Many a person was doing everything they wanted to and could do to secure the future, the person finally passed, was jumping for joy and celebrating the past and passed away. Something happened in that celebration mode, some accident took place with that certificate in the hand perhaps or maybe with the past or the messages and the congratulations of having passed and whatever else in the hand and everything, all the calls coming in that your future is now very bright and you have passed this and you've got this degree or whatever the case was. So everybody was now congratulating the person because his future is secured. And how secure was that future? That future of dunya that was being referred to. That future was ticking away while, the, while all the accolades were coming in, while all the congratulations were rolling in, while all the calls were pouring in, and everybody was congratulating him that your future is secured. His future of akhirat was now just barely moments away. And his future of dunya had already ticked away. The last few drops just dripping out. So this is the reality of dunya. So when we understand that to secure a future, but whereas the future we are trying to secure, this is the reality of that future. This is how uncertain that future is. That in moments it just drips away and is gone. But for that little minimal future, there is some hope that, well, maybe that is a reality that a person might go anytime. But maybe he might live for another 10 years, and maybe he might live for another 20 years. So on that hope, on that hope that will I, my, I might be around for another 20 years, 30 years, I don't know. So I have to plan for that and have to work for it. So now to secure that, 
So now the person is doing so many things and Allah forbid sometimes to secure that future of dunya which is so uncertain the person is cutting so many corners in deen and putting oneself or one's children to so many serious risks risk to their iman which will jeopardize their whole future of akhirat but no for the future of dunya which is so uncertain which there is no guarantee of how long the future is going to be but the future of akhirat which is everlasting gets sacrificed so in any case this the principle nevertheless is something we understand that to secure future hard work is required to secure the future sacrifices have to be made to secure the future the person has to abide by restrictions all this the principle we understand but our application is only in a very very limited sense the application is only for dunya whereas the future of akhirat the future of akhirat is everlasting Hazrat Luqman said to his son that make an effort for dunya to the extent of your stay in dunya and make an effort for akhirat to the extent of your stay in akhirat now the stay in dunya is for how long? we don't know and whether we are going to leave or not we know for sure we are definitely going to leave the only thing is we don't know when and every now and then somebody we hear about in their very early ages is gone so we have no idea how long we are going to be around so he's saying that look make an effort for your dunya fine you have to work for it but how long? For the, for the extent of time you are going to be here and akhirat, akhirat is everlasting so the proportion, the balance has to be some proportion that is in line with this what is the future of akhirat, what is the future of dunya unfortunately our proportions are totally imbalanced if there is 90% uh, there might be 90% effort for dunya and 10% effort for deen Allah forbid sometimes even lesser so we are in this examination hall of this dunya and in order to pass we are going to have to make sacrifices we are going to have to abide by the restrictions that Allah Ta'ala has placed we are going to have to follow the pattern that the examiner has set so the pattern that Allah Ta'ala who has placed us in this examination hall of dunya the pattern that he has set now there is an examination paper and there is a pattern to that paper there are certain questions which require a essay to be written there are certain questions which require merely to say true or false there are certain questions which require kind of maybe some other kind of answers other person decides why must I abide by this I'll do my own thing where there is an essay required he does something else he's drawing some pictures there and where perhaps there is a diagram required he decides to he says a description but diagram so I'll give a word description so he decides to write a word description of what is meant so obviously what's going to be the outcome, you didn't follow the pattern of the exam what's the, what's the pattern that the examiner has set you did your own thing, so unfortunately you failed so likewise Allah Ta'ala who has placed us in this examination hall has given us the pattern of how this examination is to be conducted and that is the pattern of the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu so the person who now will fulfill these requirements he in this examination hall of dunya will be ready for making those sacrifices for working hard for abiding by the restrictions by uh, for he's ready to do what he takes to follow the pattern that the examiner has set then this is a very limited time after three hours that person will walk out of the examination hall and then he'll be smiling because he has worked hard he's done his best so now he's very hopeful that he'll pass well so likewise in the short stay of dunya the person who will work hard for akhirat and who will abide by the restrictions who will make the necessary sacrifices then let alone only about passing in the akhirat even in dunya there is no comparison to Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is beyond any comparison but just as the parents pamper their child sometimes they pacify him they give him some kind of extra support encouragement those servants of Allah ta'ala who work sincerely for Allah Ta'ala making those sacrifices of dunya those things which contradict the command of Allah Ta'ala are against the restrictions that Allah Ta'ala has placed for his believing servants Allah Ta'ala doesn't leave them in the lurch Allah Ta'ala blesses them with that sukoon, with that itminan Allah Ta'ala blesses them with barkat in their livelihood barkat in their lives, in their health, in their wealth 
And even if some tests come, so like that examination is an examination, that's a test, it's an exam, and the child is being made to burn the midnight oil, but at the same time there's so many ways in which he's pampered and pacified and made comfortable also. So Allah Ta'ala will not leave his servants in the lurch. Allah Ta'ala out of his grace and mercy, he helps his servants to pass the exam also. Those who show the commitment and who are ready to make the sacrifices, Allah Ta'ala helps them through. So the promises Allah Ta'ala has made already in the Quran Sharif, that those who have Iman and do righteous action, Allah Ta'ala says, لَنُحْيَنَّهُمْ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا مَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ That whoever does righteous actions together with Iman, and whereas this, وَمَنْ مَنْ in Arabic is all inclusive, it includes males, females, but Allah Ta'ala highlights it. Suppose if somebody didn't understand it clearly, مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى Whether male or female, no distinction in this. Everybody has the full opportunity. وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ the amal salihat together with iman but فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا There are many many promises of akhirat. The Quran Sharif is replete with the ayat of Jannat. What the believers will get in Jannat. What they will enjoy, what bounties and ni'mas of Allah Ta'ala they will gain. Open Surah Rahman and so many ayat of Jannat in Surah Rahman. Open Surah Al-Waqi'ah and the ayat of Jannat in Surah Al-Waqi'ah. Open Surah, in Surah Yasin itself. In so many surahs, especially the latter surahs of the Qur'an Sharif, there's so much of the description of Jannat and what the bounties of Jannat are. So those promises are there about Jannat. But this is a promise about dunya. فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا It is not all only for Akhirat. Akhirat is the main thing. Akhirat is the actual place. But Allah Ta'ala says we will give them a good life in dunya also. A good life is not dependent on the material things of life. A good life is not dependent on the luxuries and comforts of life. If that also Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody in a halal way, it's a ni'mat. person should make sugar and use it correctly. Not because they did something new, something out of the ordinary, everybody must know this is what happened. So, it's a become show of media. That everybody must now know, I am also somebody, I am not left out of the dark, in the dark, I am nowhere to be seen, I don't have anything, I don't go anywhere. Everybody else seems to be flying around and I am sitting quiet. No, no, I am also flying around. Don't worry. There's it. You can see I'm in business class. So now I must send a business class picture of something where I am and uh, then some other part of the world and then if somebody can't find some or didn't go somewhere, then now somehow maybe you'll create some scene or somewhere that now we are also going down the garden route. So we go in our back garden and send a picture from there. We are on the garden route at the moment. So somehow or the other we have to show off about something or the other. This has become the reality of the zamana that we are in with this show of media that goes on. Whereas this has all come and eaten up the time that used to be previously spent in tilawat of the Quran Sharif, used to be spent in zikr, in ta'aleem, in so many righteous things. People used to be having time to visit relatives. They used to have time to go and visit the sick people in the family, visit the elderly, be of some help to them. Now they are all, Allah forgive us, but let alone other amal, even this which is, which is part of human values, the amal of deen, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, zikr, dua, tasbihat, this is all the great amal that deen has given us which only believers have, only mu'mineen enjoy this. The disbelievers don't have these ni'mads. This is purely and exclusively for the believers. But then there are those things which are also good things, very great things which Allah Ta'ala has made it part of human nature, which is not even exclusive to just believers. The believers will earn double out of this because of the virtue of their iman. They will get rewarded on those amal as well. They were to visit somebody, that person was a family member, that person they enjoy visiting him because he's such a close relative and they feel so comfortable. But they made the niyat of sila rahmi. That became an ibadat. The person enjoyed it. He, he gets happy to go and visit that relative of his. He gets happy to go and be there and spend some time in that company. Provided that obviously everything is within the limits of Sharia. This what was, so to say, his own, his own feeling of his heart that he wants to do this. But he made the niyat of Sila Rahmi, of maintaining family relationships. This became an ibadat. What a great ibadat. Such a great ibadat which has been emphasized in the Quran Sharif, emphasized in the Ahadith. And to what an extent... 
that barely anything else has been emphasized so much as much as maintaining family ties has been mentioned. And there's so many ahadiths, the crux of it, one, one hadith, the crux of it is, the one who wishes to have barakat in his life and in his wealth. مَنْ أَحَبَّ يُبْسَطَ لَهُ فِي رِزْقِهِ وَيُنْسَأَ لَهُ فِي أَثَرِي فَلْيَسِلْ رَحِيمًا Barakat in his life, barakat in his wealth, the person who wants his barakat, فَلْيَسِلْ رَحِيمًا He should maintain family ties. Now, a simple thing like this, and this becomes such a great ibadat, becomes a means of barakat in a person's life, in a person's wealth, but this is that, that all that additional reward and benefit is for a mu'min only. But in human nature these things are there. That I should be visiting family, I should be visiting the elderly, the sick, and uh, doing what I can for them, helping them out. These are basic human values. But because of the social media and the serial killers that are now prowling around, somebody wanted to know what, what's the meaning of the serial killers. Very frightening thing, serious, serial killers. Many people are hooked onto serials. And this is killing their time, killing their iman, Allah forbid, killing their akhlaq, killing their haya, killing so many things. This is the worst serial killer than the serial killers, Allah forbid, and protect one and all from any kind of serial killer. But the serial killers prowling outside cannot do as much harm and damage than these serial killers. Because that person is a terrible criminal. He's obviously a terrible criminal and a dreadful punishment waits such a person. But the worst damage he can do is he can cause the, a person to die. But if a person died on Iman, that person is heading for Jannat sooner or later. Either because of the Shahada directly, and if there was some blockage in some way, then too that person will be, the, on the, by the virtue of the Iman, will end up in Jannat. But this serial killer, Allah forbid, has been killing people's Imans also. And the person started entertaining such beliefs, because of what the person saw, what the person now got influenced by, and it's not only confined, this particular aspect is not only confined through all these serial killers of what people are watching on various media, these are happening unfortunately sometimes, even in our, the schools that our children attend, it's happening in universities, it's happening in so many different places, where the child is picking up things and is harboring this as belief, which are totally against the aqidah of a mu'min. Goes completely against the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. The child starts believing Nauzubillah that he was born from a monkey, meaning man, the humankind came from a baboon, Nauzubillah min zalik. Whereas Allah Ta'ala in the Qur'an Sharif is saying that, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِن سُلَالَةٍ مِّن طِينٍ ثُمَّ جَعَلْنَاهُ نُطْفَةً فِي قَرَارٍ مَّكِينٍ At the very inception of insan, the first human being, Allah Ta'ala created Adam Ali Salatu Salam from sand, from earth, and Allah Ta'ala fashioned that mold of Adam Ali Salatu Salam, and then Allah Ta'ala caused the soul to be infused into him, and then thereafter created Hazrat Hawa radiallahu ta'ala anha from him, and from them the human progeny then came along. And here this child is growing up believing that he was his ancestors from way, his forefathers, and that's a terrible insult to everybody in his family, because he's trying to tell them that our family comes somewhere from, you don't know which jungle somewhere. Now, this is the kind of belief that he is growing up with, that this is his origin. And it goes against all these ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. Now when a child is growing up with something as belief which rejects ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, where is the Iman left? So now the Iman is being rendered null and void, and life is like carrying on like normal, like nothing happened, everybody is healthy and fine. Everybody is still smiling and happy and joking. But the Iman has already left. And likewise through these serial killers, the Iman is sometimes being rendered null and void. Otherwise without doubt definitely the Haya is being killed. And the other human values are being killed. So now nobody got time to go and see some relative. Somebody is sick. Well maybe we'll just pop in sometime if you got a chance by the way. And instead, in terms of now somebody needs some help every day go and spend... Uh, some elderly woman in the community needs some help for somebody to come and assist her in some, because she's so ill or so, uh, whatever the case is, to so come and spend 20 minutes, 15 minutes, just cheer up. Where have you got time for all that? We have so many things to do. What we have to do, we have to press some buttons to make sure that everything is done quick, in quick time. And then the rest of the time is all in these khurafat. Illa mashallah. There are those who Allah Ta'ala has, alhamdulillah, blessed with the tawfiq. 
that there are many, alhamdulillah, that they make tilawat of many juz a day. Some make ten paras tilawat daily. Some ladies with all the household chores, whatever other responsibilities they have. But if you ask those who do this, one lady passed away approximately a year and a half, two years ago. She must have been at that time in her maybe late 60s, early 70s at the most. About a year and a half, two years ago she passed away. And after she passed away, then one of the sons mentioned something. He said, I couldn't say it all this while because she had sort of uh, sworn me into secrecy about it. Where one day this secret of hers came out. And the secret was, every day they used to notice around, just around supper time, especially in the summer months, they used to be having supper uh, before Maghrib. So she's done everything, she's helped out to prepare everything and whatever else. And about supper time, she like just suddenly disappears from the scene. And every, probably is a biggish family or whatever, so everybody is busy and they, nobody really took much notice of it. And then she'll come in and go out and so one day the son followed, a grown-up son, he followed to go see what's going on. Every time she just disappeared and he went and she was busy with Tilawat. So he asked her, every day you just come and go away and now you're sitting, you're making Tilawat. So now she then said it, that look, you are asking now, so I'm telling you, Alhamdulillah, I start off the Tilawat in the morning from before Fajr time, Tahajjud time. I start off and then over the day, I carry on. It is close to this time now that I have the last part left to make the khatam. Daily one khatam. So now I try to make it before Maghrib and then spend the last few minutes making dua for all of you. So this is the way that I spend my day together with doing all the housework, whatever other responsibilities, maybe others also assisting, whatever the case is. But in the midst of all that I managed to make this khatam. So now daily she was making one khatam, but I didn't ask, but I am 100% sure if we go and inquire from the family, she didn't have any social media, definitely 100%. I, I didn't ask and I obviously don't have any evidence for that, but without asking I can be 100% sure that inshallah this won't be wrong, that she didn't have social media and she wasn't uh, affected by any serial killers and she was not in need of all the other things to give her some kind of excitement and fun and so on because the itbinan of the Qur'an Sharif was filling her heart. So she didn't need artificial enjoyment. She didn't need artificial entertainment. Because Allah Ta'ala's promise is Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub that it is, with the, it is with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala that the heart gets this peace, this tranquility. Whatever a person does in terms of trying to get entertainment, that entertainment can't be the object in itself. If a person was told that, look, there's a holiday now, this is a, all expenses paid, and it is a, you'll travel first class, and a very exotic destination, and all expenses play, paid, and for one month, whatever else, but there's one snag in it. There's something about this particular deal that whoever takes it from the time they bought that flight and the whole stay until the time they return they suffer a terrible pain in their stomach. They're flying first class but they're rolling in pain. So you can go on the holiday, all expenses paid, first class. The ticket of that first class is probably about five times or seven, eight, ten times the cost of the normal economy ticket. And everything at your disposal. And that not five star hotel, seven star hotel. But you're just going to suffer the stomach pain throughout. Say, by leave me at home, let me eat my dal roti. But rather I don't have the stomach pain, I'd be sitting comfortably in my own home. What's the use of that holiday, what's the use of that first class journey and sitting in the seven star hotel and I'm rolling in pain? What's going to be the use of that? So that holiday can't be the objective in itself. Supposing if this was the case, who's going to take it? Nobody's going to take it. So why must I take it? What must I take this pain for, for no reason? So the objective of that is not just to go somewhere, or just to go see something, or just to go do something. There's something behind that that is being sought after. That out of this, I will get some kind of peace. I will enjoy something. I will get some tranquility. It will give me some kind of happiness. That's the bottom line. I want to be happy. So the person is trying to be happy 
to make oneself happy is trying to do some things, trying to go some places. Not that if going to some place which is within the limits of Shariat, certain aspects of relaxing the mind and the body which are within the limits of Shariat, Allah Ta'ala hasn't forbidden that to us, but within the limits of Shariat, with the correct intention. That the intention is a little salt in the food just to energize oneself to get back to the objective, to get back to the work. So in any case, the person is doing all these things not for that, that itself is not the purpose, it's not the objective, there's something behind it that is sought. That I want to be happy. So now the person, that happiness, beyond what we can imagine happiness, Allah Ta'ala grants it to those who connect himself to him. So now that ecstasy that they get out of the recitation of Quran Sharif, what anybody else out there in dunya know? That enjoyment they get out of standing up in Salah, in the middle of the night, what do the people of dunya know? Ibrahim bin Adham Rahmatullah he used to say, Wallahi, inna lafi lazzatin, law alimahal muluk, lajadaluna alihi bisuyuf. That in the dead of night, when he used to wake up and make tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and engage in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, he used to then sometimes in that, in that ecstatic situation, he used to take the qasam of Allah Ta'ala, Wallah, that Wallah, we are in such enjoyment, that if the kings had to know what we are experiencing in our hearts, they would come with their swords to try and snatch it away. Because they are slaves of just entertainment and enjoyment. So now they would think if this person is enjoying it, grab it from him. Because we must have it. But this enjoyment nobody can grab. This is what Allah Ta'ala blesses in the heart of a person who has connected himself to Allah Ta'ala. Now that lady, mashallah, was enjoying that kind of peace and ecstasy and tranquility in the tilawat of the Quran Sharif that she didn't need any social media to connect herself to anybody else. She was connected to Allah Ta'ala. She didn't need that to pacify her and entertain herself. She didn't need that to now keep her happy in some other way, she was happier than everybody else. And she was getting this tremendous joy out of the tilawat of the Quran Sharif. As a result, it was enabling her and making it possible for her to make a khatam starting off from tahajjud time and spacing it out throughout the day. And the more a person progresses in this, the more Allah Ta'ala gives barakat in the time, Allah Ta'ala gives barakat in the recitation, and in a much shorter time than others, the person accomplishes it. Some years back, Hazrat Mawaisu Muthala Sahib Rahmatullah of the UK, he had come down and he arranged one program just as a kind of targheeb that people should now make the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, their daily mamul, recite the Quran Sharif daily. So in order to just make this like a kind of startup, so he had arranged one program in Durban and at the Madrasa and people were just asked to come, be there in their own time and space from that starting off from Asar time on a Friday until they complete one khatam and some refreshments in between was available also. After they complete the khatam, they may go on the one carry on. There was no program of a congregational sort. It's just that everybody was sitting there in the same time and place. Everybody started off the tilawat after asar. Somebody and in between, anybody had some need, they wanted to go and refresh up, whatever the case is. People, it was all left to each individual's pace. So many took six hours, some took seven hours, some took eight hours, some nine, some even ten hours. Some completed closer to Fajr time. And he commenced after Asar as well. And in about four and a half hours time he completed his khatam. And then it emerged later that this was his daily mamul. So over time, Allah Ta'ala puts that barakat in that time, puts that barakat in that amal. Hazrat Shah Ismail Shaheed Rahmatullah on one occasion, while just talking, and he mentioned there are some servants of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala has given such barakat in their time and in their tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif that if they start the recitation of Qur'an Sharif after Asr before the sun sets they'll complete. But when he said it, he, he said it in a very general way some people just perceived that he's generalizing it this is he himself, he's talking about himself. So they just got behind him. You have to do this for us. This is you talking about yourself, Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with this we want to be part of this recitation. We want to be also witnessing this karamat Allah Ta'ala blessed you with. So upon insistence one day, on the banks of the Jamna river, a huge crowd gathered, because now this message went out, and the Asar Salah was performed in Awal Waqt, because they were out of the 
built up area, they performed the Asr Salah, and then he commenced reciting the Quran Sharif, and thousands of people were holding the Quran Sharif open in their hands and following his recitation. And as the sun was about to set, he was reciting Surah Wan Nas. And in this time, Allah Ta'ala made it possible for him to complete the entire recitation of the Quran Sharif. <coughs> At the most, it must have been about two hours, two and quarter hours. So now when a person puts himself in that mode, and immerses himself in the, in the ibadat of Allah wa Ta'ala, connects himself, primarily this is it, connecting our hearts to Allah Ta'ala, then there will be a different kafiyat. Then this examination of dunya becomes not just easy, it becomes an enjoyment. You get some student going and sitting there and he is smiling, he's writing his paper and he's smiling. Somebody else on the side is peeking at him and taking a look and he's feeling even more frustrated. I'm breaking head here, I don't know what to write here, and this one is smiling. What's wrong with him? So nothing is wrong with him. What's right with him? That's a question to ask. If something's right somewhere, that's why he's smiling about it. So he worked hard, he prepared himself well, so now he's smiling about it. So likewise, in this life of dunya, in this examination of dunya, Allah Ta'ala promises the person who connects himself to Allah Ta'ala, the person who brings that, the complete deen in their lives, then Allah Ta'ala promises, لَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا This is for dunya. وَلَنَجْزِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ بِأَحْسَنِ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَدُونَ And in the akhirat, Allah Ta'ala says, we'll give them a reward better than that what they used to do. In other words, they really deserve nothing, but we'll give them tremendous rewards. So the whole thing comes back again, that this life of dunya is a very short life. We are here for a very, very short time. We are here, this is an examination. We are headed to the akhirat. The akhirat is everlasting. And Allah Ta'ala has given us this little time to prepare for that everlasting time of akhirat. So that we attain the eternal bounties of Jannat. The everlasting bliss and happiness and peace of Jannat. For that there are sacrifices. Sacrifices are required. People have to sacrifice all those things that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. We cannot just take it for granted, well, we are living in a time and age where everything is happening, so we have to just let it happen. Our children are going wherever, they are learning whatever, so we just let it happen. What the child is coming back from school, this is a very common problem. Throughout the country, throughout the world, in most many countries of the world, that the schooling system has become completely designed to make a child be completely devoid of any belief. Obviously Imam goes also, basically the child must not have any belief of any creator. So this is where the whole thing starts off, the Darwinist theory, and a child in grade 1 and grade 2 is now doing projects on things to do with uh, evolution. Where was this imagined before? That this, all these things, one person child was in grade 1 or grade 2 or something of that in early primary school and the child came home, got a project. The child is in grade 1, 2 or 3 at the most. The child came home with a project. What project? So now the child, maybe I don't know how he pronounced it but he had it written there. The project is on a silo camp. His father is scratching his head. He went to Mexico and he probably passed or he failed, I don't know. But he definitely didn't come across his word. Silo can't, he had to go and check it up somewhere or ask somebody, he couldn't get the pronunciation right to start off with. He said, no, this is the first organism which the evolutionists believe. That this is the first organism which then evolved into something else and then something else. Now that grade one or two or three child is being given a project on a silo can't. The father can't pronounce that word, the child has to do a, pro- a project on it. And nowadays, Probably many meticulous will tell them to spell that word, Allah knows how many will pass. But that grade 3 child has to do a project on it. Now what is happening? And that project is like a one page project. He must draw one so called picture of, that's now called a project. He must go and find out what it looks like. It's one, just some kind of diagram and one dot somewhere, there's a silocant. But what is that? It's not just one diagram. It's not just one dot. It's a seed that is being planted. It's a seed that is being planted, that well, this is what now you must start believing in. And slowly that seed is nurtured and is watered, but this is a seed that grows very thorny. It's a very thorny tree, such a thorny tree that destroys everything around it. Very bitter fruit. So all these things are happening, then there's 
things that are happening which are robbing people of their iman, children of their iman, once they had gone somewhere in the free state, one of the towns, this happened some probably maybe 10 years ago, so one father is telling me himself that he got a shock, his child came home that day like every day and he came that they were eating and now the child is sitting suddenly, suddenly looked at him and he's eating and he's got his hands in front of his face, both his hands clasped together and he's got it in front of his face. The father asked him, what are you up to? So he's saying, no, I'm saying grace. So what on earth is that? He says, no, no, we have to pray before we eat. Now this is a Christian man of whatever the etiquette of eating is, where they say grace. Now what, that is not just something that, that's a very religious thing in terms of Christianity. It's part of their faith. Now this child, growing up in a Muslim home, growing up with uh, going to Maktab as well, learning to recite Quran Sharif, the father is taking him to the masjid also, and all the things are apparently very normal, but now he's suddenly saying grace. What else is happening behind the scenes in the school? Allah knows. And here he's suddenly saying grace. One father, uh, once, this is somewhere in northern Natal, this also happened maybe about 15 odd years ago, maybe more than that. So, he says, my child went to school for about two days, and then we took the child out. So he says, I said, two days only? He said, yes, two days. What happened? He says, oh, well, the child now is of schooling age. Now, this came to that age, now schooling age, grade zero, whatever. Previously, children were not so advanced, so they could start off at what used to be previously class one. There wasn't anything else. Then something like nursery school started somewhere, but that was class one. So then, they were not so advanced. They didn't need schooling before that. So, things carried on. Then it became, no, no, they need to be more advanced. They must start off at grade zero. But then now it makes them even more advanced. They make it grade double zero. And then now it became grade R. And now I heard something back in Durban, perhaps other places are still maybe, that now they have to become even more. Now it become a school for mums and tots. How old? Say two years old. Subhanallah, two years old, the child is still in the nappies, going to school. So now it's only left this much now, that when the parents are now expecting the child, this is probably coming sometime soon, that now when the child is now expected, that in three months time, four months time, that now the parents naturally start making preparations, buying certain things, doing whatever is necessary for the arrival of the child. Only this much is left now, that when they are going to do those preparations, perhaps maybe sometime in the near future we will hear, that they are ordering the syllabus also. That now this child now will have to start some syllabus in the crib, that's now probably left to come only. So all this is designed, whereas in terms of deen, the actual learning time starts at the age of seven. This is the time of learning. Before that, informally, there's no limit to how much a child can learn. By listening, repetition of surahs, of duas, of simple aspects, whatever else, by repetition, informally, the child will learn, and learn sometimes more than we can imagine, but in any case, the issue was that we drifted off the topic, these other sideline things came in the way. What we're talking about is that uh, the, the thing that the children are going to school, what is going on, what is being planted in their hearts and minds, all this is creating a mindset, all this is planting something, the whole thing is designed to make them devoid of belief. So when it's going to be devoid of belief, what's going to be happening to the Iman? This is where we have to become very, very vigilant, very conscious. The greatest possession, the greatest wealth that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with is our Iman. How long we are going to be here in dunya, we have no idea. How long our children are going to be here, we have no idea. How many parents have gone, have buried their own children? We don't know whether we are gone first, our children are gone first. It is our need to protect our Iman and to make an effort to protect their Iman. أَمْ كُنْتُمْ شُهَدَاءِ الْحَذَرَ يَعْقُوبَ الْمَوْتِ إِذْ قَالَ لِبَنِيهِ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِ In the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes the scene when Yaqub was now on his deathbed. Can we imagine a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala? And the children in the house of a Nabi. إِذْ حَذَرَ يَعْقُوبَ الْمَوْتِ إِذْ قَالَ لِبَنِيهِ And the household of Yaqub these were people who were going to grow up to be Anbiya also. And he calls them around. And now what is his greatest concern? مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِ What is going to be the case of your Iman after I leave? 
ويقولوا وشب قالوا نعبد الهك واله ابائك ابراهيم واسماعيل واسحاق اله واحدا ونحن له مسلمون الله تعالى منشن في القران الشريف ذس نبي اوف الله تعالى سچ ا جريت بيرسوناليتي هي از ليفينغ فروم دنيا اند هي از كونسيرند اباوت ذا ايمان اوف هيز تشيلدرن ان ذا هاوس هول اوف ا نبي وات تربيه اند وات ابرينغ دي وود هاف بين جيفن بت ديسبايت ذات هي از ستيل سو كونسيرند ذا بارتينغ ويش اوف هيز از ذس وصيه بيوي keep steadfast on your iman look after your iman so what is our where do we stand can we be relaxed can we be just carefree about it can we just be very complacent very very easy going about it where my child goes what my child reads what my child is learning where the person is going and coming can it be just so relaxed allah taala forbid that if we allow this to just happen that whatever our children want they can absorb wherever they want whatever they want to read and they are also all hooked up onto so many things so many media and whatever else and allah forbid if the wrong things get planted in their hearts then they will also suffer allah taala forbid we will suffer as a result of them allah taala protect us and save us so this is the biggest need our biggest need is to protect our iman protect the iman of our children our families our communities allah taala give us the tawfiq that the realization of how important this wealth of iman is how priceless this gift of allah taala is we cannot allow anything to compromise this iman we can't allow anything to come in the way of jeopardizing our future that is the first future we have to secure the future of akhirat because that is the everlasting future the future of dunya is a very very limited time we are here so that is the thing we have to work for that requires some little sacrifices it requires staying within the sharia of allah taala those are the restrictions that we have to abide by but for those little sacrifices allah taala doesn't leave a person in the lurch in dunya either yes dunya is the place of test some little sabr will be made allah taala will open the way forward allah taala give us the tawfiq give us the correct understanding allah taala bless us with this fervor of iman make iman extremely strong in our hearts allah taala bless us with his taluq and connect our hearts to him and fill our hearts with his muhabbat so that this drives us towards the oneness of allah tabaarak wa taala towards the greatness of allah taala and makes us completely obedient to him wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزاك الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا ولمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا ان نسينا واخطانا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا اسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقه لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين اي جست ريممبر ناو وي توكينج اباوت ون انسيدنت اي فور اباوت ان بيتين جست كويكلي فينيش اوف اون ذات ذس فادر مينشن اباوت هي توك هيز تشايلد اوت اوف سكول افتر 2 دايز سو اسكت ايم وات هابند سو هي سيز تشايلد واز ناو جست نيرينج ذا تايم تو جو تو سكول سو ناو ذس ديبيت ستارتد ات هوم وذ هيز الدر تشيلدرن ذس تشايلد واز ماتش يونجر so the elder daughters etc so this debate started no it was home school the child no send the child to school and 
eventually those who are saying now send now one year two years nursery school or whatever preschool so finally they won the debate so to say so he said okay we send the child to school so now the child went to school so now it was a kind of christian based nursery school but it wasn't so blatantly christian based but it was like a private school whatever the case is there was some teacher there that was more of that mindset so any case the child went to school the first day the second day mashallah the father very conscious of deen and so on parents so the second day the child came back from school so while playing around like children play around and they start humming something and singing something the child started singing humpty dumpty or whatever so this put the father off you know what only second day in school and already the child is singing all these funny things i don't understand the child so he pulled the child out on this note fine any case that was the end of the child going to school then they said fine later on we'll do some home schooling then he says about five five months or so later now this is five months gone the child was there two days in school five months later they were going past from northern natal going towards durban now somewhere on the way after he mentioned the incident i remember seeing this board myself couple of times i don't know whether it still exists but somewhere closer towards havik side or somewhere just past that i'm not sure exactly there's one factory on the left hand side which uh, had a board there jesus factory jesus factory or something but the name jesus was on it so it's a factory or whatever some some kind of business so while passing it so his eyes fell on that he caught his eyes so he just said uh, as a comment you see, see what they did now they made a factory jesus factory too so he just made some kind of comment on it i can't remember exactly the comment but in any case he mentioned the word jesus aloud because that was what now was there so now this child who was about that time was had been about 5 6 years old or 4 years 5 years old and had gone to school 2 days 5 months prior to this incident the child suddenly piped up i know who jesus or i know what jesus or whatever she might have said she said who is jesus she said jesus is lord and he went to school for 2 days at that age Five months later, and then the child was taken out, wasn't there for after that. And five months later, I just heard the word Jesus. What indoctrination happened in those two days from that teacher? In the two days, what indoctrination took place that five months later this sprang up? Now we understand Allah Taala the command of our Sharia when the child is born, that the child has barely breathed the air of dunya. give the azan and iqama in the child's ears because the greatness of allah taala must get planted in the heart of the child allahu akbar allahu akbar now the child went into this kind of environment for two days and got indoctrinated to such a point that five months later is piping up and saying jesus is lord so any case this was the incident we started off discussing and it got left by the way allah taala give us the tawfeeq of understanding deen correctly what our objective of dunya what our object of life is where we are headed to اللهم تعالى جيب لنا التوفيق وبريبيرين في اخرت واخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله